This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Let's talk about wrestling. Wrestling? Is that a thing now? Professional wrestling. Okay. Specifically, let's chat up No Mercy. And let's get <laughs> it out of the way. Sure. Did you watch it? I'm assuming you watched it because we've already chatted about how things you hated certain things about it. Uh, yes, I did watch it. Okay. So um, I guess overall, what did you think? of the pay-per-view as a whole as a whole yeah I, surprisingly i didn't like it <laughs> that's not really surprising <laughs> well i've given uh, up thinking that the pay-per-views <laughs> like no mercy or whatever or anything more than just tv shows without commercials yeah, like to me, they're and not, you know what? They even not, put commercials in half the stuff. Yeah, they do. They're not, but they don't do commercials in the middle of the match. How's that? Okay, except the pre-show. But. Except the pre-show, yeah, which doesn't make any sense. But who cares about Elias versus Apollo Cruz, anyways? I just, I um. All right, so here's my problem. Hold on, I have to clear my throat. So here's my big problem with it all. I. I Unless it's like SummerSlam or WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or Survivor Series. And even right. then, maybe not Survivor Series. Unless it's one of those four, I just look at the events as, all right, so this is going to be a three-hour TV show with no commercials during the matches. And if I get one good match, then I'm good. Right. That's unfortunately you, how I feel about it. Did you get one good match? Also... I now watch the show and I watch the I'll matches. I'm avoiding the question. <laughs> I did get one good match. I now also now watch the shows under and I try to take the matches based on that match only and pretend there was no other matches. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for instance, mm-hmm. the Miz versus Jason Jordan. I tried to watch the match and enjoy it for what it was. And actually, this is the match I thought was good. I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a good, solid opening match. Uh, it was definitely the best singles match we've seen from Jason Jordan since he came to Raw. Right. And I, But I would rather have seen a clean finish. But then again, this is expected when you have a guy named Miz with his Miz-tourage that, pe- that there's going to be outside interference. I would have rather but, just seen a clean finish, but I actually really enjoyed this match. See, I didn't mind the finish as much because yeah. I, I assumed that Jordan was going to win the belt. Oh, I see. But, yeah. But... In a way, yeah. I don't mind that they did it the way they did it because he doesn't come out looking any weaker. Yep. No, he doesn't. Yet, yet at the time, you know, maybe he's not ready for a singles belt. Right. I mean, like if they still had the European title, like one of the the lower tier, but right. like the IC belt is a it's a pretty historic belt. Maybe he's right. not quite ready for something like that yet. Right. So like, all right, we can keep the belt on the Miz, and we cannot ruin, uh, and let's you know, not forget, And let's not forget the IC <laughs> belt, even though it's not treated that way, is essentially the top belt on Raw when because you know Brock's never right. around being Universal Champ. Right. Here's the other thing. At this point, like back when Miz was WWE Champion, I didn't think he was ready to be WWE Champion. I didn't want to see him as WWE Champion, and I didn't think he deserved it. Right. But now at this point in his career, he is like one of the best talkers, no doubt about it. Yep. He's one of the and he's actually one of the best in the ring. And I, he could carry a solid heel WWE championship run. If you swapped him and Jinder and their stables, oh yeah. This could carry SmackDown way better than Jinder's carrying SmackDown. Yeah. I and mean Jinder deserves to be at about the you know what I mean? I so. I actually think that the Miz is probably the best thing going on Raw right now. I mean, hands down. That I like Finn Balor way more, yep. and I think Balor's way more talented. But they're continually wasting him on Bray Wyatt. And apparently, they're not going to stop. 
No, they're like how many more pay-per-views in a row is he going to have to lose to Finn Balor before they give up? I mean, this is so stupid. Like, all right, so their first pay-per-view match was the demon coming out, and now right. he's just the man coming out. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. He beat him both times. Both he should have he should have wrestled him as Finn Balor the man at SummerSlam, gotten beat, and then came back as Finn Balor the demon to beat him. Right. And then now Bray Wyatt can say, oh. Well, you had to become the demon to beat me. You couldn't do it on your own, or you couldn't do it as the man or whatever. And now you have the third match where he's just Finn Balor the man, and this time he beats him again, and it makes sense. Yep. Them having another match doesn't make sense. He's beat him twice. He's beat him as the demon. He's beat him as the man. And not only did he beat him as the man, but he beat him as the man who got jumped before the match, got his quote-unquote ribs injured, and still came back and won. Like, that should have been the reason why he lost. That should have been the excuse as to why he lost the match. He got jumped before the bell, but he still, still, you know, fighting heart, fighting spirit, and tried to have the match when he shouldn't have, and lost. That would have given him an out for the loss. It would have given Bray the win. Having him lose, having Bray lose just doesn't make sense. Yes, and having Finn in, um, like, powder blue shorts... Yeah, that was also was weird. Well, seeing how we've seen him nothing but black or maybe black and a little red since he came back, yeah, it's kind of weird. I will say this though, you know when when Bray does that uh, that uh, crab walk arc thing he does, right? I wanted to see Balor friggin' coup de gras right in the stomach when he was up like that. That would have looked sick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That see if he would have hit that and that would have been the finish, that would have been like all right, he just murdered the man's chest. So yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Rollins and Ambrose against Sheamus and Cesaro. Okay, all right. So <sighs> I think it's bullshit that when Ambrose got his shoulder hurt, the referee had to push Cesaro off and refuse to count the pinfall <laughs> because he had to check on him. And yet, thirty seconds later, minute later, minute and a half later, when Cesaro eats the turnbuckle and gets his yeah. face fucking wrecked Mangled. I mean wrecked he came back and looked and his teeth were gone okay yeah. and there's no stopping to check on Finn who's got blood pouring out of his face and is clearly missing teeth no no Ambrose goes for the count and the ref just drops and slaps, yeah. starts slapping the canvas I mean seriously all oh. I'm asking for is consistency exactly oh and here's the other thing that's just there's absolute just freaking garbage Ambrose gets hit with white noise and then Rollins gets powerbombed off the top rope onto him and he kicks out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yet Sheamus takes a knee in the face in a DDT and he and he loses. I, I just <sighs> Well this this is what happened. I okay? f- Ambrose oh. is crazy. He doesn't know any better to not kick out of that move. Oh, he's so crazy. He doesn't know that he's physically not supposed to kick out. Okay, that makes sense. There it is. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, Aaron. That's the stupidest thing you've ever said. I'm not going to lie. That's <laughs> that's pretty much par for the course with <laughs> this pay-per-view. Yeah, I just – so that was – Oh, uh, one quick thing um, with The Miz and Justin Jordan. The thing that ruined the match for me – was the post-match interview in the ring. Okay. I I don't understand what exactly they're trying to do with Jordan's character. Yeah. Is is he trying to play up that he's Kurt Angle's son and he wants to be a good guy? Is he going to play up that he's the son of an American hero and people don't respect him? Or is he going to be like a whiner? Or I, I just – I don't know. I'm not going to lie, and I'm going to be I honest. I'm losing interest. (laughs) I didn't. When did you gain interest? Well, I mean, American Alpha. (laughs) Oh, and American Alpha, yeah, they were a great tag team. But yeah, poor Gable. Gable was the talent of the tag team. I think so. So (sighs) he was the Ricky Morton. He certainly was the Ricky Morton. Speaking of the Ricky Morton, I was going to talk about this later, but you brought up the Rock and Roll (laughs) Express. I love the Rock and Roll Express. Did you see on Twitter both Carl Anderson yeah. and Luke Gallows Our- challenged the Rock and Roll Express to a match at Starcade, and then Ricky Morton on Facebook like accepted. He like pasted their challenges in on a, on a, on a Facebook Im- on a, yeah. as an image on Facebook and accepted their challenge. I really, I want really, this to happen. I, I mean, I don't even care that 
you know, Ricky Morton and uh, Robert Gibson are like a billion years old and out of shape. I don't care. I want that, this to happen. That would still be my favorite thing that happens on I, that I event. want that to happen so Especially bad Especially because of Starcade. Yeah. My my hope is that there's a bunch of like weird throwback stuff. Oh, I hope that so. Happens. I hope so too. But yeah, I know I want this to happen. This needs to happen. This needs yeah. to happen. That would be awesome. And I because you know Gallows and Anderson would make the Rock and Roll Express look like a million bucks. Oh yeah. They have they would make them look like a million friggin' bucks and probably gladly take the loss. You know what I mean? Like I I want to yep. see this. I want to see it. Uh, so then we get the Raw Women's Championship uh, match with Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Nia Jax, Emma, and Sasha Banks. This match, I, have, I like this match more than I was expecting to. Okay, but I wish this match had more than a minute and thirty-seven seconds to do what it had to do. First of all, the match with nine minutes and forty seconds. Close. It was. It was the average match. Like it was about average for the matches on the card. But the matches on the card were one-on-one matches. Correct. This had five people. Correct. Give them fifteen minutes. So here's my thought process. One, I didn't. I, I don't understand why Nia Jax is the only person that has her weight announced. She's clearly visibly bigger than everyone. <laughs> I, I don't think she needs to have her weight announced. If they're going to announce hers, announce everybody's, because then you can really see the difference. Well, but there's a difference between Alexa Bliss coming out and getting announced at weighing eighty-three pounds. Right. And Nia Jax coming out and weighing whatever. I don't even pay attention. Um, So, all right. Basically, uh, Nia took that nasty bump off the apron with that Tamden powerbomb. That looked like she really smacked the back of her head on the ground. Oh, she did. She absolutely did. And here's the thing. From that point on is when the match was good. Anything prior to that was just garbage in my opinion. Not garbage. It just wasn't good. I didn't enjoy it. It didn't captivate me but as soon as she took that bump and forward the match flowed well and it looked great in my opinion i think that the match suffered from what a lot of four-way or five-way whatever matches suffer from yep when it starts off it's always just kind of a cluster until you know things can fragment off yep and that's what happened with this that it started when everyone was kind of in the ring you know it's just like a little block you know a little frantic, whatever, but nothing really started to flow until they were able to take out one person. Then you can double team on this and then you something else. And, you know, it, it's the same thing. Honestly, it's the same reason why I have a problem with those matches. Yep. Same thing with triple threats well, because it's always one person gets knocked out and then it's a one-on-one match for a little bit. Then see, another person gets me, knocked out. And then the first person comes back. That's a WWE I, thing. You know, like to me, that's a WWE thing. That's the agents putting that match together because I've seen at Limitless Wrestling, show after show, I have seen six way scrambles that he has. Right. And they're not always fantastic. They're not always fantastic, but these guys do a phenomenal job that they have in there. And it's always such a mixed bag of guys. And I always think about when I'm watching, like, Aaron would appreciate this. Because it's not the two guys in the ring, four guys outside. And then, you know what I mean? And then them swapping yeah. off. It's it's a bunch of guys going at once. And then, of course, you have the train wreck, which I love the train wreck. You know what a train wreck is? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's when they start vaulting. For those that don't know what a train wreck is, it's when one guy dives to the floor and hits a guy. Then they get up and they get hit by the next person. And they get, yeah, and and they get hit next one. Yeah, and it keeps going to progressively the biggest person is the last one to go. Except right. at Limitless this past – I went to Limitless Wrestling last Friday night. It was a phenomenal show. And Josh Briggs, the biggest guy in the match. This guy's probably legit 6'7", big guy, tall guy. I mean big guy. I think Donovan Dijak, that type of guy. Okay. okay? Anyway, so there's uh, the other four competitors are on the ground, and 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 Briggs is going to the top rope, and Dick Justice is in the match, and he's a he's a cop. That's his gimmick. He comes out to the police academy theme. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, because he's he's a cop, and his <laughs> name is Dick Justice, and he has the porn stash going on and the the curly locks and everything, and so he uh, Briggs is on the top rope, and and Dick Justice grabs the mic and screams, "Wait!" And then he starts talking. I'm like, you don't have to do this, man. Life's worth living. So, like, he's trying to talk him down from jumping. Okay. You know, and so then he starts singing. Um, 
Uh, God. Wish you would step down from that ledge, my friend. Oh, okay. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the song. I had to look it up the other day because I don't know. I didn't know. Not collective soul. No, no, no. I can't think of the name of the band. Yeah. If you do not want to see me. Oh, it's the third eye. Yeah, that's the song. Jump by Third Eye Blind. Jump by Thank You. Yes, exactly. So we start singing that to him. (coughs) And he got about (laughs) a line in. And then I'm going to say literally everybody in the audience, 450 plus people, started singing along. And they sang like the the verse chorus part. It was (laughs) phenomenal. Like I've never been a fan of the song. I loved it right then and there because just being in that experience, based on the promoter's reaction uh, when it was happening, laughing his ass off, as soon as he has the footage to that, that clip it's will probably be, be on the internet. Yeah, yeah, because it was phenomenal. And so, and, it, and Briggs came down and he talked him down. <laughs> and oh, that's so just great. got in the ring. And then they had a big hug. And Briggs goes, nope, you didn't do it. And then he freaking springboard moonsaulted onto everybody. It was <laughs> awesome. It was it was just a great moment, though. It was pretty pretty awesome. Nice. But anyhow, uh, once Nia Jax took that wicked powerbomb from all four of them on the floor, I thought the match got a lot better and just really picked up the pace, and it was really good action. And then when she came back in the ring and started killing everyone, and then she took, I think, her – corner charge was even worse than the power bomb. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, that just looked so bad. And the way she flopped on the floor, I, yeah. think, she, I think she took the worst of it there. Um, but, yeah, but before the power bomb, I thought it was after the match got, got a lot better. I was surprised um, Bliss retained. I was, too. Uh, I'm actually, I mean, I'm not so surprised she retained, but I'm surprised, you know, with, with the match being the length that it was. Yeah. If they're obviously they're teasing some kind of a feud between Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yep. And they keep teasing it, but they never have given it enough time. Like, why wasn't there a moment in the match where, you know, like where Bailey did something to Sasha, you know, or or the other way around, more so to like cause the end of the match. Um. Yeah, I agree with you. So, well, thank you. I think that you're going to see Oscar. Oh, absolutely. I thought she was going to come out last night. I know it said that she was going to debut at TLC. I figured that'd be her match. I thought for sure when Blix was talking crap about how no one can beat her and on and on and on. I thought for sure he was going to come out. She was going to come out and just like kick her in the face. Oh. Yeah, but I think she's still too hurt. Probably, but I mean, she can still kick people. I think. Right, but you know her; she's going to go nuts. So. Yeah, yeah, she is. <sighs> what was after that one? Was that the Cena match? Uh, after that was the Roman Reigns John Cena debacle. Okay. Was so, this supposed to be comedy? Or I don't know because the whole start of the thing, I'm like, what the, what is going on? And Cena walks out when the crowd starts chanting about like nobody wants the match. Yeah, you both suck or whatever. They I, I did enjoy the you both suck chant because I like the fact they're getting on reins. I like the fact that okay, I watched the replay. I didn't watch the initial broadcast when I, you know, because I, I was at work from three in the afternoon to seven in the morning. So when eleven thirty, when everyone had left, about one in the morning, I threw it on to watch it then okay. on my tablet, and it sounded like to me during the Cena Reigns match they were piping in crowd noise. It would not surprise me because yeah. people were cheering for Cena and doing, you know, the Cena sucks chance. But yeah. when when Reigns came out, it was freaking silent okay because there was an I'm initial wave it. of boo but then it was silence because it's one of those scenarios where like i can hear crowd noise but like the the audience isn't reacting yeah and i was like that's weird and it just sounded off it didn't sound like i've been listening to the crowd all night and now it sounds weird for this yeah, match there, only there was there was not a lot of reaction yeah. to the match so uh the you both suck chance i thought was great um, I actually liked how typical Cena kind of ignores the crowd during the match, but this time he was actually acknowledging them. And it's funny because this is what I got from it. These people hate Reigns, and they only just hate Cena less than Reigns. 
that's what it seems like. And my and when he did his big ooh ah thing, I noticed there wasn't a big ooh ah noise coming from the crowd. There was nothing. Yeah, and I was like, good, because that's just fucking stupid. He needs to stop doing that. Um. Okay, so Cena's got the STF on Roman Reigns. Yep. And then they do this weird ass reversal where suddenly Reigns is picking Cena up from like he had him in an armbar position. Did you? Like yeah. it was nonsensical. <laughs> and then my favorite part is Michael Cole screaming about "There's the power of Roman Reigns" as he struggles to lift the man up <laughs> yep. off the canvas. And then when they showed a replay of it, I think they wanted us to think it was in slow mo. It was in real time. And once again, Michael Cole going, look at the strength. And like Cole dragged his words out to match the slow cadence from which Roman Reigns picked up Cena. Now, I'm not saying I could have done any better. I'm (laughs) just saying no. (laughs) No. Okay, the man barely lifted him up. Don't try and make me sound like – don't, you know, patronize me. The, the thing that killed me about this match, for years, people talk about Cena. He will take, you know, 15 finishers and kick out yep. and then win the match in one move. Yep. And it is 100% what happened to him in this match with yeah. Roman Reigns. Yep. Where, I mean, he was doing finishers off the ropes. <laughs> he did the the two in a row where he hit him and rolled through and did a second one. Incidentally, I do like then how he's one, done that now. What? I I, I actually do enjoy um, his how he started doing that re- recently. Which the the double where he does the AA then keeps keeps wrist control and then rolls through picks the guy up again and does another one. Yeah, I think that visually that looks really cool. Yes. So. But yeah, and then Reigns just you know hits a Superman punch and then spears him and gets the pin. Yeah, and it was just stupid. I just and, I didn't like it. And the fact that Cena raised his hand afterwards made no sense. No, 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 it didn't. And then like, Reigns leaving. All right, here's the thing. I had heard rumors that they were like basically that the the thought was Undertaker was going to return to set up a match with Cena for Survivor Series. Right. That was one of the rumors I'd read a while ago. And so when Reigns left the ring first and left Cena in the ring, I'm like, oh, okay, here it is. And then instead, Cena gets up and then kind of like... Walks out like he retired? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Walked out like this was his last match. Thanks, guys. Or he's going to be gone for a long time or whatever it was. And people genuinely thought that was going on because a thank you Cena chant started. People started cheering for him. Because ultimately, at the end of the day... Boo him, cheer him, whatever you want to do. People respect what he's done. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And that he's at the point now where, like, as long as he's sticking around, I'm going to boo you. But if you're going to be gone for a while, you're going to stop, then I guess, hey, thanks for everything. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, it, no, if he does take – I mean, who knows if he's filming something or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe he is going to take a month or six weeks off before he comes back. You know the first time he comes back, they're going to cheer like crazy because he's back. Oh, they're going to erupt, but then, yeah. But then as soon as he's in the ring cutting a promo, they're going to start booing him and telling him he sucks again. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, I, mean, I, I, I just – I think I think everything that uh, Cena was saying about Reigns, about how he's being protected and on and on, I think it's true. I just yep. – I think I – I don't – I don't buy C- I don't buy Reigns as a top guy right now. And I don't care how much you push him down my throat; it's not going to work. There's nothing yeah, he's going mean, to do that's going to change my mind. It's been it's been three years of them trying, and yeah. it hasn't worked yet. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it is either. You know, like I mean, if it didn't work, it, uh, granted, the whole thing with Daniel Bryan sort of just happened. So like, yes. that, if that, that if was that thing. wasn't that going was a on, natural progression. Right, but if that wasn't going on, I think Reigns would have been way better off then. But yep. the fact that that whole thing happened. Yep. And, like, I mean, remember every episode of Raw? The entire arena was doing yes chants with him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and when Triple H would come out and say he's like a B plus or whatever, the whole crowd would be booing and yep. screaming at 
I mean, I go back to who's gotten reactions like that in ages. Uh, it was January, Providence, Rhode Island, in a steel cage. Uh, Daniel Bryan had just turned on, on Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Oh my God, that and gives he, me chills. It, thinking about, it, yeah, I couldn't get over it. Daniel Bryan is in the ring, and he just raises his arms and points. Like he picks his arms up and points, and he just starts raising them over his head in that slow, methodical way. And the uh-huh. crowd, and, and it wasn't the yes, 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 like he got later. It was literally just yes, yeah, yes. I mean, it was Everyone in going unison with, with what he was doing, and they were pointing. Mm-hmm. And then he, I mean, like. That when he crazy. sat on the top of the cage oh, and again, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. And you look, look at the video of the yeah. entire yes. arena. Yeah, when they every did the wide person shot with their hands the same. Yes, amazing. It was amazing when they did that wide shot, and everybody is just yesing, but mm-hmm. not that rapid way, in the slow methodical way he was doing it. It was crazy, absolutely yeah. crazy. You know, Absolutely and that, crazy. that whole thing killed Roman Reigns. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, the fact that nobody liked him anyway yeah. didn't didn't help. You haven't seen but, a groundswell behind someone like Daniel Bryan since Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah. People love Finn. People love Nakamura. People love other guys or whatever. Right. But it's but nothing like that. No. And, and it's like and you can never tell when it's going to happen. No. You know, like, honestly, if I look. If I look at the entire roster now, yep. I mean, I I couldn't pinpoint the next person that would be able to do that. Nope. I don't think there is anybody. There's just something about him. You know, he's not like completely ripped. He seemed like an like an everyday person. He wasn't some outrageous character. Mm-hmm. You know, like the people got behind him when he was with Kane. Uh, yeah. You know, they were doing Team Hell No. Team Hell No, yep. And it just kept going and going, and they wanted him. And by golly, they they were not going to stop until they had it. No. I mean, look at here's the other thing that's really frustrating, is that there's a lot of really good talent on Ryan SmackDown right now. A lot of top guys, yeah. top name guys. You know what I mean? And what's super frustrating is on Raw, they're pushing Roman Reigns down our throats, and on SmackDown, they're pushing Jinder Mahal down our throats. Yeah. And I can't stand it because you have – there's other guys out there. Like there is – there is no way in hell that Jinder Mahal should ever be beating the guys he's beating. It just shouldn't be happening. And it's WWE's fault for taking a guy that they had basically booked as a jobber, a lower mm-hmm. mid-card guy for five, six, seven years – and yep. now they're like, but he's a main eventer. No, he's not. He's not. Just Stop. because he went away for a while doesn't mean he can come back like this. Exactly. So it's just, uh... you know, it's not like a Chris Jericho. Right. Who goes away. And if he came back tomorrow and he beat, you know, Ginger Mahal for the world title, I'd be like, well, shit, I can believe that. Oh, absolutely. It's Chris Jericho. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, we've been really good these last few weeks not just coming in here and griping. Today's a gripe episode, apparently, folks. Because <laughs> it's not going to get any better now when I say Enzo Amore pinned Neville to win the Cruiserweight Championship. <laughs> Don't, I'm not even commenting on this. It All was right. ridiculous. He got beaten for 10 minutes straight yep. and somehow won the match, and I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I liked the, the, the crowd chanting, this is boring. I liked that. Not even boring. This is boring. Um, the match was terrible. Absolutely terrible. The only good spot in the entire match is Enzo's DDT off the top rope when he jumped off the top rope and then caught Neville into, into the DDT. That looks oh, yeah. pretty friggin' sick. The rest of the match was absolute fucking garbage. I don't know what happened to Neville. I don't know if he was like, I'm losing to who? Oh, screw no. this. You know, you know what happened to Neville? What? What? Enzo can't wrestle. Yeah. Because Neville has been having some really great matches the last year since he turned heel even, but not Sunday night. And I, the whole can, thing about Enzo saved himself from getting counted out because he picked the belt up, that is dumb. What's even worse is he gets in the ring and then the ref takes the belt from him, so he kicks him in the dick 
and then rolls him up for a pin. I just, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And I continued to hate it until I watched the clip of what happened after Raw the next day when Braun Strowman came out for literally no reason and beat up Enzo and then left him to the cruiserweights for them all to hit their finishers on him. <laughs> I, 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 for whatever reason, Braun comes down, beats up Enzo, steps out of the ring, goes, he's all yours, and leaves. Braun's supposed to be a heel. <laughs> he should have beat everybody up. But nope. So whatever reason, I enjoyed that. Otherwise, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, didn't enjoy that at all. And then it's main event time. Braun Strowman against Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Uh, I thought the match was pretty hard-hitting. Uh, yeah. But I also thought it was only okay. What did you think? Um, I agree with you. I thought that Braun showed a lot of potential. Yep. But at the same time, like he, the way that the match ended, he should have definitely taken more than one finisher. Yep. Um, he should have taken more than three moves against him in the entire match if he was going to lose that easy. Um, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know the way the way that they've built Lesnar up for the last long while. Yep. You know, I mean, it's. It's literally going to take somebody throwing him off a skyscraper to get a pin. Unfortunately. And it's going to be Roman Reigns yeah, getting say, his ass kicked say, for an entire match and then doing one spear. Yeah. Say, unfortunately, it's looking like coming up <laughs> that Brock Lesnar's next opponent is going to be Roman Reigns because, you know, he did beat John Cena after all. Yeah. Uh, the only other person I can think of it might be what I thought initially at the pay-per-view was Finn Balor. But apparently, you know, Bray Wyatt's still – they're still feuding, so. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's – yeah. Looking like Roman Reigns. Not looking forward to that. Nope. So. Anyhow, uh, moving on. So, yeah, they announced that the show that Oscar's going to debut at the TLC pay-per-view October 22nd. Yep. Cody apparently signed an exclusive deal with Ring of Honor. Same kind of deal as like the Young Bucks have, where they can basically they can work a PWG, they can work for indies in the UK and around the other around the world, certain leagues in Canada, and they can also work New Japan Pro Wrestling, but they cannot work United States independent dates. So interesting. Or he, he can't. So that that kind of sucks. But you know, good for him. He's the champion. He's their he's the mm-hmm. face of the company. So. Uh, there's a new documentary on uh, WWE Network called Trailblazer about Alundra Blaze. It's excellent. Really? I did yes. not even know that existed. Yeah. It popped up in my timeline or like on my feed or something. I don't know what it was, but I saw it was on there, so I watched it the other night. It's an hour long. Um, okay. They talk with her now. They talk about the past. They talk about her dumping the belt in the trash can, of course. Her coming back for the Hall of Fame, what happened in between, her WCW run. They show footage of when she first got into wrestling. They show AWA footage. It's, I mean, it's excellent. It's like they were going to make a DVD of her. This was going to be the documentary portion of it, and then the, you know, and then they could do a bunch of matches, even if they did just a one disc set. Yeah. With this documentary and a bunch of matches, it would have been excellent, excellent. Well, I am yeah. looking forward to watching that. Yeah, it's really, really good. Remember the Seth Rollins one? How good that one was. Like, yeah. you thought it was just going to be about him, you know, rehabbing to come back, and instead they did, like, his life story. Yeah, like and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like that. You, <clears throat> you know, know what I mean? One, it was one thing excellent. I will say. Yeah. They always do fantastic jobs on these documentaries. Or, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like, not even just the documentaries. Just, like, every – all their behind-the-scenes stuff that they yep. do is really, really well done. The only one I've ever been disappointed with is the Bobby the Brain Heenan one, and it's because by the time they made that documentary feature, he couldn't talk anymore. So oh, they so they couldn't talk to him. Yeah. Right. So they basically talked to everybody else and then showed clips of him, so it's like, well, he's not dead. You know what I mean? So it's just... Yeah. At the time, of course. I mean, it came out a few years ago, but it just... Right. So it really lacked something for me, to be honest. I mean, yes, I know they've done some of like Mr. Perfect and others, but I don't know. It just wasn't. Yeah, very but I mean, good. it's yeah, right. But that Trailblazer documentary, holy crap! Oh, they even 
she'll talk a lot about uh, her Monster Jam stuff, driving the monster truck and everything. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, and getting in the Hall of Fame. And there's one particular part. I re- you know what? I'm just I'm just I'm gonna say it, but it's not gonna give it away. This showed me like not just her, but like I've seen it on many documentaries, or I've read it, or whatever it is. People, rustlers, they really like either they love or hate Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And even if they hate him, they still respect him. And like you can feel from watching this, like how badly she regretted going on Nitro and what she did, and dropping the belt in the trash, and how it actually has haunted her all these years, and how it's wow. and how it affected her, and how she was just so sad that she disappointed Vince McMahon. Because everyone oh. seems to look at Vince like a father figure. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's good. It's really really good. Cool. I'm definitely definitely gonna have to put that on the list of stuff to watch. Yeah, I would make it a priority. Just okay. My opinion, because you'll definitely want to check it out. Definitely is a word I use a lot today. Apparently. Uh. <laughs> so, anyways, um, like I said, I went to Limitless Wrestling. I want to talk about that show a little bit. If that's that's good with you? Nope. Okay. So Friday, September 22nd. <laughs> um, JT Dunn against Joey Janela was the opener. It was a great match. Um, I wish it would have gone a lot longer, but it was just really good match. They went outside the ring a little bit, mostly inside the ring. It was really, really good. Um, great tag match with the, the Thick Boys, John Silver and Jay Freddy against LAX. Or EYFBO, Angel Ortiz, and Mike Drazdick. Uh, that was a that was just a solid match as well. Uh, top shelf Troy Nelson uh, wrestled Hornswoggle, aka Swoggle, with Sidney right. Bacabella for the last since roughly January. Bacabella has bringing in his hired assassins to take out top shelf Troy Nelson to prove there's no comedy in wrestling. So. Okay. Every time, because top Troy, top shelf Troy Nelson, his gimmick is that he's a Matt raging alcoholic. Get it, top shelf. Yeah. And he wrestles drunk, and he does comedy style wrestling, not like Colt, but a little different. Okay. And uh, so he's so far he's defeated Kikutaro, Dick Justice, Colt Cabana, uh, a midget, the guy that played Weeby, uh, uh, Weebl. Oh yeah. A midget version of JBL. Right. And now Hornswoggle. He's defeated. And, of course, at the end, everyone beats up Bacabella because he screws things up from her, gets in the way, or whatever. It's very funny. And, um, yeah, so he's gone undefeated this year. So my assumption is November 3rd, the final Limitless show of the year, Bacabella's got to bring in another hired assassin or he's just got to step in the ring himself against Top Shelf. But it's, uh, it's all good stuff. They had one of those six-man scrambles I was talking about with Josh Briggs, Smart Mark Sterling, Dick Justice, Jimmy Lloyd, and Jeff Cannonball, and Mr. Grimm. Okay. Uh, solid match. Jimmy Lloyd and, and Jeff Cannonball, they're uh, CZW guys. And, uh, you know, they like to show they don't can, they can do more than just deathmatch wrestling, but, boy, are they scarred up. Holy crap. Like their backs and whatnot. Right. Uh, that was, again, <clears throat> solid match. Uh, we got Jack Swagger against A.R. Fox. And, all right, so, I was not a huge fan of this match. And Swagger was the headliner, or he was the big name coming in, and I just wasn't, I just I wasn't blown away by any way, shape, or form hmm. by Swagger in this, and that was kind of disappointing. Uh, Teddy Hart, Russell, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, uh, Teddy Hart beat him, and he's coming back next month against Josh Briggs. And holy crap, Teddy Hart is just amazing. Like, he is so good. It's insane. Really great match. High-flying inside now. I mean, just a great match. Uh, comedy match of the night was Joey Ryan and Massage Envy defeating the Main State Posse. Uh, of course, Joey Ryan, you know, he fed a fan his blow pop at ringside. Uh, massage Envy's gimmick is they massage people. So, you know, Joey Ryan had, likes to oil up before the match. So Massage Envy did it for him. There was this kind of hilarious spot where you had the the guy sitting in the corner with their legs open, like they're in the position to take a cannonball from, say, Kevin Owens. Right. And, like, uh, one of the members of Massage Envy, VSK, and Joey Ryan got on their hands and knees, kind of facing the guys. or 
and then Dorian Graves squirted their backs down with baby oil and then ran and slid across their backs, <laughs> headbutting the opponents in the nuts on both sides. It was absolutely hilarious. And I'm like, I sit there and go, where do they come up with this spot? Like, how do they like how do they think of this? Oh, let's do this. I'm going to yeah. get on my hands and knees. Instead of, like, jumping off and doing the hardy thing, you're going to oil me up and then slide across me, you know, bare chest to back and uh, <laughs> headbutt our opponent in the nuts. All right, sounds good. Let's give it a go. But, See, uh, I want to – I'm more curious in how long it took for them to figure out how to do it successfully. Um. Yeah, okay, so that works too. That's you know, another great because question. That's, that's not something – you know, I could say to you, hey, wouldn't it be funny yeah. if we did this? But then the reality sets in. You're like, well, hmm, how are we going to actually pull how this off? We, yeah. So you know they probably had to figure it out and work at it. Mm-hmm. How much – we need to make sure that there's enough of the oil, <laughs> you know, but not too much <laughs> so that it ruins that. Yeah. You know, we have to know that – so, I mean, can there's you imagine – physics like, involved. Three, Three hours of them sitting with notebooks and you know, yeah, you know, the calculators trying to figure out the formula of whatever. Well, it somehow worked, and it was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> um, loser leaves limitless wrestling. Cam Zagami defeated Tyler Nitro. Oh no way! Yeah, Cam's the the bad guy. Tyler's the baby face. So uh, next month, Tyler's got to come back under a mask. Uh, I, I'm hoping he comes back as Yellow Dog. That's a old classic Southern tradition for the guy to come back as Yellow Dog. Mm. See, uh, what was it? Barry Windham's done it. Uh, Bob Brian Pillman's done it. Dusty yep. Rhodes was the uh, Midnight Rider. Jimmy Valiant was uh, the Charlie Brown. Uh, Hulk Hogan was Mr. America. <laughs> so that was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Sorry to ruin it for you. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Skyler defeated Willow Nightingale in the women's match. And in the main event, all good Anthony Green defeated Ace Romero with special referee Brian Fury in a match where good guy and lovable Anthony Green is now a bad guy. And he's a really good bad guy, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he made himself very hateable. It was nice. Hmm. Uh, really great, hard-hitting match from two young guys that just went out there and beat the love living shit out of each other. Uh, in the ring, out of the ring, through the crowd. Um, really good match. Really, really good match. So uh, next month, next month should be awesome. They've already advertised they're going to have a six-woman scramble. You're going to okay. have JT Dunn against Anthony Green, Teddy Hart against Josh Briggs. They've announced M-Dog 20, Matt Cross, a.k.a. Son of Havoc, for the show. They just announced Petey Williams tonight, the Canadian Destroyer, Pete Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Petey Williams. My hope is that he doesn't do a Canadian Destroyer, seeing how every other fucking person in the world on an indie show does a Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> so I hope he doesn't do one. Uh, they've announced, Ethan Page is going to be there, uh, another top Canadian guy I like watching. And then they've announced, they haven't officially said she's in the scramble, but I'm assuming she is, uh, Jessica Havoc. Okay. So I'm pretty jacked about that because just two weeks ago I bought a Jessica Havoc world of stardom trading card just in hmm. case i might get a chance to see her sometime and holy crap here it is so, very nice yeah uh you got anything else wrestling you want to talk about before we uh jump into ecw no no i'm good you want to talk about raw smackdown or no i'm good any other thing okay all right so we did one of our random pay-per-view generator things today where aaron picks numbers uh, and I, that I have pre-assigned to federations and then years and then numbering the pay-per-view per year in a random order. And we came up with Heat Wave 1998 live in Dayton, Ohio. Now, let me preface this. Yeah. By saying I loved ECW back in 1998. I loved ECW back in 98 myself, sir. Um, in In 2017? Yeah. I freaking hate ECW. I don't know if I'd say I hate ECW, but I will say we were all wearing rose-colored glasses back then. <laughs> I watched this event, yep. and it was funny because I was talking to um, to Ronnie as I was watching it, and I'm like, this is, this is the worst. Like, there's nothing good. And – oh, no, it wasn't Ronnie. It was Paul. Yeah. 
and he's like, what was better, this event or No Mercy? And I had to stop for a minute. Yep. And I on, I think I enjoyed No Mercy better than I enjoyed this. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, I almost said that before, but I didn't want to get into it until we started talking Oof, about ECW. That is rough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, ECW, I, I, I love ECW. It will always I mean, hold a special would, place in my heart. I, I was very lucky that I had it on TV by me. See, my buddy had Satellite Dish, so Friday nights to Saturday morning at 1 a.m. Yeah, I mean, I would get stay up and watch it. Yep. And if I wasn't going to stay up and watch it, I would have the VCR set. Say, if I, wasn't, if I wasn't at his house to watch it, he was recording it, giving me the tape so I could then yeah. watch it. So I feel very fortunate that I got to enjoy ECW when it was on. Yes. At the same time, ECW was so different then. That's what made it good. Yep. But it now, it just... I mean, there's some amazing talent on this card. You know, there's some really great wrestlers that were, that were on this show. But... Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, Shane Douglas is doing color commentary because he's got an arm injury, so we can't defend his title, which they should have stripped him then, but whatever. That's just me. <laughs> so it's Joey Styles doing the play-by-play. Uh, Shane Douglas doing color. Shane Douglas did okay. He did. He did okay. He did okay. Um, and then Francine sat there with the big fake boobs. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I will say... I remembered liking Joey Styles a lot more. <laughs> Again, I, uh, I think it's just it was so different. It was so unique. It was just I guess, yeah. Because I remember watching it, and you know, like WCW had Tony Schiavone, who was very straightforward. You know, he was rah rah WCWing, and like WWE had Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, who were, you know, they they hadn't quite gotten into their crazy stuff yet, but. Like, I remember ECW would be on, and you're like, oh, my God, there's this guy that's screaming his freaking head off, and everything is just, like, insanity. Oh, and, my God. And I'm watching it again, I'm just like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and it's funny. Like, when I went into this, I couldn't remember if I had seen this pay-per-view or not. But yeah. as soon as they, they started talking about um, Bam Bam against Taz, yeah, like – Everything came flooding back to me, and I'm like, "Oh, this is the one with the the walkway, you know, where they go yep. through." I'm like, "This has to be that one." And then, like, all the other promos they start doing for the other matches, I'm like, "Oh man, I do remember this." But I remember this being way, 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 way better. Well, those, all right, those colored glasses are off, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's unfortunately the thing. Uh, we had six matches on the card. There was yep. supposed to be a seventh match on the show of uh, Jack Victory against New Jack, but he got jumped pre-show or during the show. Or uh, there was, <laughs> was a segment a in the parking lot. Segment in the parking lot, which was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. Terrible. Ugh. But uh, opening match, just incredible against Wait, Jerry Lynn. Before we get to the opening match, oh sure. I just want to say what set the tone for me was the really terrible 1980s-style video that opened the show. <laughs> I mean, I know that the ECW budget was way lower than what the other federations were. But, I mean, like, you've got horror movies, and then you've got B-horror movies, and then you've got, like, R-level horror movies. <laughs> yep. This was somewhere at, like, S or T. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> It was like I could have done better with my video camera <laughs> and, you know, like. So maybe it was around X for extreme. Oh. No. Um, oh God, so... Yeah. Yeah. What can you say? I think they said they had a $300 graphics package that the guy did the stuff with. Yeah. Uh, so just incredible with Jason and Nicole Bass and Chastity defeated Jerry Lynn. So this was during the phase when Jerry Lynn was making everybody look awesome in the ring and losing. Yeah. This is – I forgot about Jerry Lynn and how much I really liked him. Yeah. He was amazing in this match. Mm-hmm. And this – I think I was talking to you when I was like – you know, when, when I started bringing up, you know, it's weird watching wrestling from this time because so many of the people have died. Yeah. You know, and I mean it's really not that – I mean 20 years, but it's really not that long ago. Right. But 
he's like when when Jerry Lynn came out, I actually had to look him up. I was like, I don't remember hearing about Jerry Lynn in a long time. I'm like, please tell me he's That's still alive. Terrible. And it turns and it turns out he's like one of the the main guys with ROH now, behind the scenes. And I was very very pleasantly surprised to hear that he was doing well because That's I had to Google Jerry Lynn to make sure he wasn't dead. Well, that, that's the thing. I'm like, no, he isn't, right? I don't think so. I don't think but, he is. Better yeah. double check to make sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyhow, but this match was easily my match of the night. Oh, see, it wasn't for me, but uh, and I'll explain why in a little bit. Okay. But I it was thought... it was a decent match. I I didn't like the finish. Oh, you didn't uh, like the tombstone off the ropes? No, no, I did enjoy that. What I didn't like was like when, all right, I'm Justin sitting on the second on uh, the top turnbuckle, you know, standing on the second rope, and right. Jerry Lynn's climbing up behind him to like give him a tombstone or something, and Justin like gives him a quick jab in the gut, and Jerry Lynn falls oh, forward and, and yeah, 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 falls forward into the tombstone position, immediately wrapping his arms around Justin, and I'm just like, oh, that was weak. Yeah. And. um and I didn't care for all the outside interference because, I mean, I know it's to be expected, but when you have both Nicole Brown and Chastity, whose timing Nicole is – Sorry, Nicole Bass and Chastity, whose timing is the shits and uh, don't know how to bump, and they're both interfering like at the same time, it's like, oh, that's too much clustery going on. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, I, I enjoyed the match until the finish. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I I like the match a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, there there were a couple great spots. I thought, like, and this is my problem with the entire event. Most of the matches, e- even like the the good stuff, it was all spot after spot. It was, yeah. it wasn't building to anything. It was, let's just get ourselves into a position to do. Th- you know, to do this crazy move. Right. That, you know, I mean, oftentimes, you know, say with like um, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens recently, they'll have crazy stuff, you know, things that you haven't seen in the matches previous or whatever, yep. but they build to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They you know, tell, like they there's tell a, a story. whole, there's a flow. Yeah. This, like you said, with the finish, it was a disjointed finish. Because it was like, oh, we want to do this move. How are we going to get there? Uh, well, I'll just come up and you can hit me once and I'll fall and then we'll set and it I'll up. I'll fall and- directly into position, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Anyhow, I didn't hate the match. Just I hated the finish and the setup to it, that is, at least. And, but <laughs> anyhow, uh, Chris Candido with Tammy Sitch beat uh, Lance Storm. Right. This, uh, I mean, Chris Candido was super good in the ring. Yeah. And unfortunately, even had though he had Tammy his ear his ripped off, uh, yeah, yeah, can't believe it. Yeah, well, he just had that surgically repaired, and oh, thank goodness. he had his protective headgear on. But you know, Lance Storm went right for it because that's that's what he does. See, this I don't remember Lance Storm being this animated ever in a ring. Oh, I I, I do, I do. It was the WCW thing that gave him that. Can I be serious, serious for a moment? And then everything right. after that was prior to that. I remember it. Um, but, yeah, like he comes out pumping up the crowd and yep. getting them like, what the hell happened to Landstorm? The uh, the finish there, the uh, blonde when, bombshell powerbomb off the top rope. Yeah. First of all, to see two guys the size they were doing, it's impressive. Right. And then watching Lance's head bounce off Ooh, the canvas. Yeah. Oh, my God. That yeah. was so bad. See, this match this match had another another um spot that was ridiculously conceived and awkwardly pulled off with Tammy Sitch having her her top torn off with you have the referee somehow was holding her. Yeah, why would the referee be putting he, his hands on her and most likely grabbing get, the string, the spaghetti strings holding her top up? Exactly, and then you have the move done where the ref gets knocked out, and of course he's going to rip her shirt, but she fought, and I'm like, what is happening here? Yeah, uh, Chris Candido went and got a handful of powder to throw in Lance Storm. Lance Storm knocks it into his eyes. And because yeah. of that, you know, Chris bumps into the referee. 
who then grabs the, the, the strings holding up Tammy's top for whatever reason. Correct. And then Chris schoolboys him, the yeah. ref. And when he does that, you know, the ref rips Tammy's top off. Or, you know, yeah, yeah rips the straps and, and boobs fall out. But she's completely covered, man. Those fans got excited. Uh-huh. Excited. Um, then the guy ran out with the jacket. Yeah, one of the security guys gave his jacket to Tammy, and they started booing like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the finish was just sick. The powerball mm-hmm. off the toe. I mean, it was just, it was, yeah. Anyhow, moving on. Uh, my favorite match of the night was next. It was Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. I hated this match. I love this match. I know it's ridiculous. I know it's far-fetched. I know it's over the top. I could watch these guys wrestle every single day. This is the thing. Okay. First of all, Mike Awesome sucks. Second of all, the scars all over um, Tanaka. Holy crap. I forgot how like beaten up this guy was. Third of all, watching this match, knowing now what we know about head injuries <laughs> – and what could happen? Those chair shots, I'm cringing watching some of these shots where, I mean, he's hitting him with the chair and the chair is crumpling around his head. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like there's no way that any of this is good for anybody. And like towards the end when when he did the power bomb uh, to Mike Awesome through the table on the outside – Oh yeah, and he landed on the back of his head and neck. I'm like, what? Like this, this, this match was the turning point for me on this pay per view. The t- where the turning down or turning up? Way down. Oh okay. Where like every every bit of everything in this match, where you know I was 19 years old watching this, mm-hmm. and I'm cheering like, oh my god, this is nuts. Now that I'm you know I'm almost 40. Yeah, watching this and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, see, I, I love. I, I'm a big Mike Awesome fan. I loved him in FMW. I liked him in ECW. Too bad what happened in WCW and WWE. But I mean, I, I'm a big Mike Awesome fan. I, I enjoy his in the ring. I think he's very underrated for a big man, especially the way he could climb the top rope, especially the way he could fly. Uh, and I loved watching Masato Tanaka wrestle Mike Awesome, rather it be in FMW. ECW or that one match they had at one night stand in WWE. I just love watching these guys beat the ever living crap out of each other. Obviously, you know, looking forward, maybe Masato should have protected himself a little bit more when it came to those chair shots to the head because those are the most vile things I've seen in a long time. But uh, I love it. I can't get enough of it. Absolutely can't. I had completely forgotten that Tanaka got the win in this match. So that was a nice little plus for me. Mm. Because in most of their matches in ECW, Mike Awesome got the win, including, well, except when Tanaka they did the the Awesome was Awesome was the champ, and they did the quick change where Masato held it for a couple weeks and then Mike Awesome won it back. Right. But otherwise, usually Awesome won their matches. So seeing Tanaka go over was a nice little bonus for me, and I, I enjoyed that. But anyhow, uh, next up on the show was Rob Van Dam and Sabu against Hayabusa and uh, Jensen Shinzaki. And uh, I like this match. Um, again, it was it was spots. It wasn't a match. Well, the whole show spots. It's ECW. Well, yeah, but still. Yeah. Like the, the Candido Storm match, for, you know, for the most part was a match. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match. Uh, I got a kick out of when they were going to use the table, and then no, the table just broke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. Um, I remember watching this the first time and thinking how awesome it was, and then watching it again. I essentially watched it last night and thinking, well, it's. I still enjoyed it. I guess definitely not as great as I remember, but <laughs> I still enjoyed it. Uh, Taz against Bam Bam, Bows Con Anywhere match. Okay. Um, was what it was. What'd you think? Again, the whole match was that spot on the the walkway, yep. doing the DDT through the thing. And then, yeah, yeah, it was. 
The only other thing that stands out in that match to me that I remembered was when Taz suplexed him off the the stage. And oh yeah. Taz, the back of Taz's head friggin' hit the guardrail. Yeah. Yes. Oof, good lord. Ugh. Yeah, like do you remember when the guardrails moved? <laughs> 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 you know, like there there was a lot of stuff during this event. Yeah, a lot of it in the the Mike Awesome match where like he would launch himself from the ropes into the crowd, you know, yep. over the guardrail and onto wrestlers and fans and chairs alike. Oh, Sabu but, would do the same thing. Rob Van Dam yeah. would do the same thing, and they'd pull the guardrail close to the ring to make sure they cleared it. Right. Yep. But man, oh man, I recall. I recall. <laughs> uh. <laughs> And then uh, main event of the night was Dudleyville Street Fight, which featured Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and Spike Dudley against the Dudley Boys, uh, Big Dick, Devon, and Bubba Ray, with Sign Guy Dudley and Joel Gertner and the Evil Referee and the you know a ton of guys you know Jeff Jones in their corner. Yeah, um, I remembered Big Dick Dudley being way bigger than he was. Me too. <laughs> Like, and they keep yelling about how big this guy is, but I'm like, Mike Awesome was just in the ring, and Mike Awesome has to be at least six inches taller than this guy. Right? Um, Am I, I don't just, know like, about... imagining things? Yeah, Big Dick definitely, Dudley just wasn't as big as I remember him being. You know, he was supposed to be the standing, imposing bodyguard-like force, I guess. But, but he was, like, the same size as the regular Dudleys. I didn't think yeah. that he was that much bigger than, than Bubba Ray or Devon. No, nah, I, I didn't think so either. But um, I don't know. What did you think of the match, though? Well, I had a problem with 14 minutes of the Dudleys yelling at the crowd before the match even started. Yeah, this wasn't even the time they almost started a riot in Dayton. I think that was 1999. Yeah, like, I mean, come on. Like, I get it. You're trying to rile up the crowd and you're trying to whatever. But... It, it didn't need to go on nearly as long as it did. Well, everyone um, has to have their introductions. I guess. By Joel Gardner. Um, so. Right. Well, that I understand. But having, you know, Bubba Ray with the microphone going, I hate every one of you. You, the fat guy. And you, this one over here. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, we get it. You hate us. Come on. Next. <laughs> move, move it along. I'm trying move to along. walk. Yeah. Best. No, I get it. I uh, match wise, I thought it was okay. Uh, yeah, I thought Spike took one hell of a beating. Oh, he always does. Yeah, he always takes a wicked, wicked beating. I I wonder if someone can go back and figure out exactly how many pints of blood he lost in his career. Oh God, I'm sure it was a lot. Because like, I was thinking about it. I mean, obviously not so much when he was in WWE. Right, but. Like, thinking back on the ECW stuff, I cannot remember a match of his where he did not bleed, at, like, his entire face. Yeah, he bled a lot. He definitely bled a lot because he was always the little guy getting beat up by the bigger guy. Right. And, uh, you know, red means green, especially when it comes to sympathy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I thought it was a good main event match. You know, having the street fight, Tommy Dreamer getting a measure of revenge against the Dudleys for breaking Beulah's neck. Um, so, I don't know. I guess that was solid. New um, Jack coming in at the, uh, you know, help with the run-in at the end, and the New Jack comes out, and they play his music, and he clears the house, beating everybody up. I was like, eh. Yeah. Um, I did have one note. Actually, yeah. I had it a couple times. Um, I guess it was the first time was a Candido came out to Hell's Bells. Well, he came out to a but version they had of it. A yeah. terrible. Yeah. And the same thing when Sandman comes out, yeah. and it's like it's not Enter Sandman. It's just like some really. It's the not same even thing like with Tommy Dreamer. It's, it's not like, Man in the Box. Yeah, like every. The note that I had is pay for the fucking music rights. Yeah, I know, right, this, man? If they would have had the rights to it. Sandman, holy crap! We talked about it last time too with um, yeah. who was it, the Midnight Express? Right. Uh, yes, yes. That, you know, like it. The Midnight Express's entrance music, how there's, it's there's iconic. Something, there's something about the right music for the wrestlers. Yep. And it's just like when they don't come out to it, you know, like for me, 
I don't care about watching Sandman run around and hit himself with the cane drinking beers to not enter Sandman. No, it's not the same. You know, because the you know you would have the crowd singing along and going nuts. You would have this, but it's not there. You know. Yeah, it it looks awkward because I know watching it from when I was a kid and rewatching it and tapes and the uh, Pioneer Home Entertainment DVDs, they played Enter Sandman, and that's yeah. what everyone's singing along to, just very loudly singing along to. Yeah. It, you know, it's kind of like. For whatever reason, they can't use Don't Go Messing with the Country Boy. They don't have the rights to use that song. So whenever they have, like, the Godwins or Hillbilly Jim or whatever at the time when they were using that music, they have to cover it up. Yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah. Hmm. But anyhow, so that was your main event of the evening. And uh, overall, I guess I'd have to say I probably like No Mercy more. Yeah, I'm telling you. And like, and I feel so weird saying that because I did not like No Mercy, but it was, it was like this was no Capital Combat 1990. I'll tell you what. Yeah, that one was good. Well, because I went into that thinking it was going to be terrible. I went into this thinking, terrible. I, I went into this one thinking, oh, this should be pretty solid, you know, based on the card yeah. lineup. Eh, not as solid See? as I remember. But this time, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to look up what's on this. I'm just going to watch it. Yeah. And it's I think the rose-colored glasses. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's the rose-colored glasses of people just, you know, they have very fond memories of how great ECW was, which proves to me that they don't really remember ECW. Yeah, I, I really. Because, you know, except for. I mean, look, there were, I'm sure that there are events that I can go back and watch from ECW that are, that are great. Oh, yeah. But Agreed. this was, this, this was, was not, not one of them. <laughs> yeah, definitely not one of them. So. <laughs> Anyhow, well, I guess that's all the wrestling I want to talk about this week. You got yeah. more wrestling you want to talk about this week? No, I don't think so. Well, then I guess we'll talk about more wrestling next week then. But in the interim, uh, you can find me on the Twitter bot at SuperstarML. Uh, you can find me at Aaron S. Bell. The show is uh, Thousand Hold Pod? Correct. <laughs> Facebook podcast with a thousand holds. And thanks.